0: That boy good. Now it's time for the two-on-one A Fantasy Football Podcast. From
1: your commish, Tommy Mo. That boy good, boy good.
0: Football Podcast. I'm your commish, Tommy Moe, back with another great one for you tonight to preview week one of the NFL season. I cannot believe we are finally here. Thank God, because it was looking pretty bleak for a little bit with all the stuff going on with COVID, with all the quarantine. I think all of us were just crossing our fingers, hoping, praying, that we will be here on the cusp of week one of the NFL season for 2020. And now we're here. And now we're ready to podcast again and get you all that information you need for week one. So if you've been following us on Twitter at 2on1FFB, you may have seen that we are now officially a member, squad member of the Undroppables team. The 2on1 crew has joined the Undroppables and the Undroppables family of podcasts to bring you all new exclusive content at theandroppables.com. Joining the great podcast of The Unscripted by DeBeasy, Term, and Polly Sleepers through your favorite fantasy football analysts from Twitter, as well as Jax Falcone himself at Dino Game Theory, bringing you The Undrafted, a great new podcast bringing Dynasty Game Theory to you. And now the two on one. So if you've seen your new podcast logo on whatever podcast app you're listening to this pod on, you may have seen our new logo, dipped in red, looking real clean for the undroppables feel. So today, bringing you a great guest, Angelo, from Twitter at Angelo underscore Fantasy. What's up, Angelo? Welcome to the two on one.
1: Not much, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's it's football Eve. So I think I think we're all pretty excited here, but um, I know I am. But it, it it's fun to be here, and I'm excited to get rolling here.
0: Man, were you were you sweating it like I was, just like hoping we'd have the season?
1: Oh man, yeah. I mean, I think uh, like June, July, I was, you know, I didn't, I I had hope, but I didn't think we'd get through this relatively unscathed. Uh, so far, so I mean, hey man, I'm just gonna knock on wood here that that we that we get a clean season and um, you know we don't get any setbacks, but um, but I'm I, I'm I'm holding my breath, so
0: <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, without a bubble, you know, like the uh, the NBA and you know uh, doing what other other uh, major sports are doing, you know, the NFL is still trying to go forward, and, you know, and and there's no fans, so they're definitely changing that. That's gonna be different, but. You know you're right. Like relatively unscathed. I mean, what the biggest name on on that COVID list was Zeke pretty early on. But besides that, no one real lately that's like really worth mentioning, right?
1: Right. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the. I think that's the the key is like there's there has been many uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, uh, many big big names to uh, to opt out. I guess fantasy wise. Um, but I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm a Bears fan, so like Eddie Goldman opting out. I mean, that hurts the defense. Mm-hmm. But um I'm I'm surprised there hasn't been more names um opting out, but um hey I mean I'm just excited for football to start so uh it's it's football Eve so like <laughs> literally it's Christmas so uh, I'm I'm pretty pumped but uh, I'm looking forward to get rolling.
0: Yeah, how are we gonna sleep tonight? I mean we're recording this on Wednesday night, uh trying to get this out to you guys before Thursday night football action, uh with the Chiefs and the Texans and you know I wanted to bring Angelo on here because. You know, I'm a film guy. He's a film guy. Uh, If you if you follow him on Twitter, which you definitely need to be following him on Twitter, you've definitely seen some of his great threads that he has of these player breakdowns, uh, Dynasty, Debbie related rookies. Uh, They're just they're awesome. So, so, Angelo, like what what's your you know, what what's your focus when when you're looking at players, when you're evaluating, evaluating players, uh, you know, what are you really looking at?
1: I mean, for for me, it's about you know viewing athletes and viewing prospects through more of a like a holistic type lens, right? So for me, I try to basically take a snapshot of a player um, about who they are currently, who they can become, and what that looks like uh, as them being in tra- transitioning into an NFL athlete. Um, for me, it's more of the perspective of human movement. Um, that's the field I work in, and that's my career. So I try to dive into that a little deeper. Um, and try to decipher um, and and look at what players are like from that perspective, and then from there, I try to you know intermix that with what that means in for fantasy football, and that's a that's a big deal of me. Obviously, I'm a big fantasy football fan, a big football fan in general. Um, so for me, it's about kind of you know integrating those two things um, and making them work, and um, and making it, I guess kind of a, a more unique platform. Um, what these players are, are doing on the field of play and, and what it looks like on a game to game or a play to play basis.
0: Yeah, and you could definitely see, uh, see that point of view that you're bringing uh, to angeloanalysis.com. You know, and everyone out there listening better make sure you go and subscribe to that website because it is phenomenal with the types of breakdowns that Angelo is bringing to you. And so for those listening, you know, and, and they're going to go subscribe, I promise you right now uh what what should they be looking for on your website what are they what are they going to get from you that that sets you apart from other sites
1: uh i think you know i think a lot of sites do a really really great job of a lot of a lot of great things you know in terms of rankings in terms of you know breaking down players um but for me i just try to give my own unique perspective um from my career um in sport and human performance as well as my career as a as a as an athlete um about what these players are doing on a play-to-play basis that can set them apart from their peers. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, out of you know each player has a unique skill set that can set them apart. But are they going to be put in the correct ecosystem to utilize that skill set and have success on the field with consistency? And that's what we're looking at in fantasy football, right? I mean, right. the 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 big barometer of fantasy football is consistency. Like if you're a consistent, you know, asset on, on a team. Um, you know, and on your you know in your lineup and on your roster, you know, you can help you know your team win a championship. But that's obviously the goal. Um, but for me, it's it's can we look at different players and can we kind of analyze? Okay, their skill set kind of fits in with, with X Y Z offense and the you know in terms of fit. You know, we talk about fit all the time, and what it looks like. But like like this year, the biggest one was Clyde edwards hilaire to the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, for a multitude of reasons, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs are, you know, one of the most prominent offenses of all time and the most prominent offense of this decade. Um, Andy Reid's one of the best coaches of all time offensively. And he's done a great job of coaching running backs with a similar skill set to Edwards Hilaire like Brian Westbrook. So, when we look at it like that, we look at fit, we look at more of a historical lens of guys who have a skill set and how that translates into the NFL game and how it ultimately translates to your face football lineups. Well,
0: and I think, too, what you bring, you know, because anyone could can do an X's and O's or, you know, just, oh, look at, you know, this guy's knee bend or, you know, how, how he's getting outside or look looking from an offensive line uh, perspective. But, but how you're looking at it from a body movement perspective I think was really, really unique and a really good way and different way to look at, uh, how we evaluate players, you know, and, and bringing a fresh new look to it. And so, uh, I, like I said, I've, I've been a fan for a while reading your threads online and, you know, and, and the site is great. So I, yeah, like I said, I really encourage everyone to go subscribe to AngelAnalysis.com because he's had, and especially if you're in a Debbie league. Right. And, and, and so, you know, that's my next question is, is what, what type of leagues do you like best? What type of fantasy football do you like to play the most, given that you, you know, at least your site is so Debbie focused or so, uh, rookie prospect focus
1: yeah yeah for sure i think i mean definitely and dynasty are my favorite leagues um mostly because I'm, I'm i'm big into college football as you can probably tell um but that's a you know a big part of you know what i do in terms of my own analysis is look at players collegiately and, and how they transition you know into the nfl level and what they look like there and scheme fit and and how they kind of mature as players and movers um, so for me, it, it's super awesome to see that maturation take place you know, in like a like a Devi slash dynasty format, yeah, where like you can you know I could take a player you know like Najee Harris and and take him I could have taken him like two years ago, <laughs> and just watch that maturation um, from Najee Harris you know freshman at Alabama or what have you um, to potential um, you know NFL prospect, and I think that's a really cool part about being in a, a Devi league is you get to watch it makes you more, I guess, ingrained into, uh, I guess, the nuances of college football. Like you, you watch depth charts more. you've watched, you know, you, you try to pick up, you know, out of market games. Like, you know, I'm, I'm from Illinois, right? So uh, there's sometimes, I don't, I don't get a lot of, you know, Florida state games. If I want to watch like guys like Tamari Ontario play. Um, so it's, you know, it, it makes me, I guess, look way more at, um, from a broader spectrum college football as a whole. And, and just, it just, it's way more fun to, 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 you know, analyze um, the collegiate guys and kind of watch their ascension uh, as NFL
0: prospects. Yeah. And to, to, to manage these guys, right. For, from a fantasy perspective for like right. multiple years. And yeah. we, we always talk about, you know, those great first round picks and dynasty that, you know, you've held on to for, for gosh, for some guys, maybe a decade or more, you know, and then you take it to Debbie and, go even deeper. And then, you know, being, being a guy from, you know, from Southern California with, with big high school football, um, you know, I'm just wondering where it's going to get uh, to the next level. And we're drafting high school players.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And so as a big college football guy and, and with everything that's kind of going on with COVID, you know, and some, some conferences just calling it and, and some trying to still, you know, play football. We saw, we saw, uh, we saw uh, Navy and air force. Uh, I mean, sorry, BYU. And Navy go at it this past weekend. Um, you know how how are you feeling about the about the college football landscape?
1: I mean, yeah, it's just it's just crazy. I mean, right now there's so much uncertainty. I think if, with some of the, I guess, big names too, yeah. uh, like guys like Trevor Lawrence, you know, Justin Fields, like are these guys going to step on the field again? Right? Um, we don't know. I mean, guys, you know, like Rashad Bateman's already opted out, and um, you know, we've seen a couple other big names do so as well. Um, but you know, being growing up in the Midwest, um, watching a lot of Big Ten football, you know, it, it sucks. Just you know that we we're not getting a Big Ten football season in the fall, right? I mean, that that was a big part of my childhood, and you know, growing up was watching, you know, watching the, those classic, you know, the Troy Smith Ohio State oh, teams, yeah. right? I mean, that that's where you know, that's how I grew up. Maurice Claret, those guys, um, and it obviously stinks not watching that. Um, But obviously, I safety mean, safety's first and foremost with all these guys, and being a, being a former collegiate athlete myself, I know. Um, how seriously universities do take that and I I applaud them for that but uh, you know it's as a fan uh it, it definitely 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 stings a little bit that we're not getting that um but it's 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 tough because there's not a lot of cohesion if that makes sense mm-hmm. like nationally um especially with the power five schools like you would i, I did expect more um more cohesion in that yeah. sense but um, it's, you know, it's difficult to kind of navigate it all, but I'm hoping big 10 football comes back in the spring. But if there is a, you know, if there is a big 10 football season, what does it look like? Is it just in, you know, inter-conference play or what have you? Um, but it's just going to be a really interesting year to navigate the collegiate landscape. So, uh, I mean, Hey, but like I said, football, it's football Eve. So we're going <laughs> to take it a day at a time, but, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. I had, uh, had Ray Garvin on the show. Uh, earlier in the summer, you know, he's a big Debbie guy too. Big, yeah, I love it. Uh, college uh, football prospect guy, and, you know, and he was saying too, it, you know, it's one thing for whatever the the, the big D one schools are, are going to do, you know, the 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 Big Five, you know, because um, they have the they have the resources to to maybe play, and you know, they have the resources to maybe still put a, put together some, um, you know, some measures to to keep people safe. But then, you know, what are you going to do with like the smaller conferences and, right. and the Division two schools? the NAI schools, the, the JUCO schools, you know, and, and it goes downhill. And, you know, I I think most of the JUCOs and and high schools uh, around the country have just, you know, punted to spring basically and, and just calling it. So yeah, like you said, the, the lack of cohesion, um, from some of the big conferences was was really interesting. And I thought, you know, they, they would kind of get it together, but with so many schools, I feel like just people are going to do what they want to do, you know, and they have different roles in different States. And, like I said, we we've had college football already, so it's been nice to see, but it's been really different and really interesting to see uh you know how they're handling the situation right now. Right, absolutely. You know, so circling back to you know what you do um and, and how it relates to fantasy football, you know, uh again, if you were following Angelo at Angelo underscore fantasy on Twitter, you might have seen his last his latest thread on James Robinson. And, you know, you answered in that you know in that thread, but you know, for people that may not have known sure. and I don't know how you don't, you know, are living under a rock to to know to not know what's happening with Leonard Fournette and, and how that situation really shook down in Jacksonville. But um James Robinson's the hot new ticket, you know, for if if right. he was available, you're spending that fab on him. So right. you know, for, for those that didn't read the thread, uh, you know, Angela, why James Robinson?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is like, you kind of touched on its opportunity. Right. Um, you know, no Fournette. Um, the Vino Zigbo's injured. Chris, I mean Chris Thompson's never been a high volume rushing guy. You know they just you know they just signed a uh, Dario Gumbawale, um after he was, after he was released from Tampa after Fournette uh, went there. Um, but yeah, man, it's just it's really it's he's really intriguing because he's he's gonna get an opportunity that not many UDFA's have ever gotten. Like, what was the last time you could name? um a rookie u d f a starting week one for an NFL team
0: well, I'm trying to think uh, of Philip Lindsay, but I don't remember when
1: he actually started right I think you know for Lindsay took the job from week one in my yeah. opinion, but it was you know he wasn't the unquestioned like he yeah, was, it was he race wasn't race the week race. one starter I mean we thought at Royce Freeman was going to be you know the the bell cow there right i mean that was that was the assumption, but you know Lindsay took that and ran with it but with you know with robinson it's he's you know, atop the depth chart, you know, before week one, we haven't had a preseason game. You know, they've just had um, you know, live scrimmages and a lot of thud practices. But, you know, he's an interesting prospect because he comes from, you know, Illinois State, one double A school, but he's, he's just a guy that doesn't make many mistakes this his feet. And I talk about in the thread. He's he wins with efficiency. He's not a you know a big flashy mover. Obviously, he's an undrafted player, so there's reasons why he was undrafted. He's not overly dynamic. He doesn't have great top end speed, but he's gonna be a guy who can end up being reliable and steady, and that's really important. He has good hands, catch out in the backfield, and that's really all it all it takes to be kind of a placeholder, right? Yeah. You know, he has an opportunity in front of him now where he could potentially. Earn himself a role in like from now to the future, right? Obviously, very little chance that he's going to be the day one starting running back in 2021, you know, with the amount of capital they have with, you know, with their, with their draft picks, I would assume they'd take a, they take a running back of the future. Yeah. However, James Robinson might be in the rotation and he might be able to, you know, to assert himself in that sense. If, If he has a strong first quarter of this season. What is Zigbo's hurt? When Darius when Darius is learning the offense. When you know when Chris Thompson isn't stealing many touches. Um, but I mean, for me, it's you know it's about the opportunities. You know, he he. <laughs> there's no one else there. Yeah, like literally, yeah. like the vinyl Zigbo was. You know, I actually liked him at Nebraska a lot. I watched a lot of Big Ten football. He's a good back, but he's he's hurt. He you know he, he injured his hamstring. Um, Uh Armstead's on the COVID list for the second time, so we probably won't see him for a while twice. Twice. Chris Thompson, you know, like I said, not a never been a high volume, you know, rushing guy. It's the best running back in the back the best running back they have is is pure running back is James Robinson right now. I mean that's their only option.
0: One with two pass catchers, right, and Chris Thompson. Right. And and now Dare. I mean, it almost makes sense that he'd be the more in-between-the-tackles guy, right? At least your first, second-down type guy, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's funny because the, the best peer runner on their team right now is LaVisca Chennault Jr. And we'll, we'll, we'll probably get we'll probably get into that later. But, you know, I think this is – because kind of all that's transpired is the arrow is pointing sky high for Chenault more than anybody. James Robinson's ceiling has gone from who the heck is this guy to holy cow, we starting week one – Laviska it's kind of been known, you know, and now it's, oh my gosh, like he literally might have dual eligibility. Like there, there's a, there's a, there's a decent chance that they they sprinkle him in at running back, and he sees a few carries a week, right? I mean that that's a that's a big deal when you're talking about you know fancy you know fancy implications of a guy who might get some goal line touches sprinkled in, you know, who might play wildcat quarterback, um, but. You know, like we talked about earlier before the show, it's, you know, Chenault's a, Chenault's a chess piece and he's going to be used in a variety of different ways. And, um, it wouldn't shock me, you know, all it takes is a James Robinson, James Robinson injury. And he's yeah. <laughs> your starting yeah. running back. Right. I mean, you
0: got a receiver built like Ezekiel Elliott, like almost exactly yeah. the same stats. Right. Right. So- um, yeah, he didn't play that position, but, you know, neither did really Antonio Gibson, you know, and he's getting that starting role as a running back. So if, if, it, if they make plays and it works out like, I, yeah, I don't see uh, I don't see why it wouldn't happen. Definitely.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. I mean, I, I think I, I think James Robinson does good things with this opportunity. Um, but as an ecosystem, Jacksonville is, you know, bottom tier I mean, yeah. offensive lines, you know, not very good and haven't been for a while. Um, they're going to be playing from behind a ton. So, you know, he's not going to have Rob's not going to have positive game scripts. Um, but you know, he does have an opportunity to kind of prove himself as an NFL caliber rusher. And that's important for guys, you know, if you've invested in him in dynasty or, you know, you probably just got him off waiver wire or you took him with your last pick. Um, you know, if he can stick around for a while and have a few good years in the league, um, it's worth it. Right. Yeah. Or if, or if he has a few good games, you, you know, you have a big sell high candidate on your hand. So um, you know, it's gonna be really interesting to see what he does and what that offense truly looks like. Um, you know who who's who's touching the rock there in the backfield. I mean, realistically, besides him, and that's gonna be the most intriguing part about it.
0: And so I've been seeing on in some dynasty leagues, you know, people spending like upwards of like sixty percent of their fab yeah. to get James Robinson. Um, you know, in in a standard more you know standard redraft league, uh, PPR 10, 12 team redraft league you know, uh, James Robinson most likely is out there on waivers and, and most likely also is Lavishka Chenault. So um, at this point in the season, are, are, would you recommend that anyone is is definitely picking them up or at least having them on, uh, you know, targeting them on, on kind of like a
1: watch list? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, Robinson is, I mean, a little easier to make a case for because we don't really know Chenault's role yet. All we know is he is going to have a role. We just don't know what that role looks like. James Robinson's walking into week one, you know, as the unquestioned, starting running back for an NFL team, there's 32 of those, right? So it's like, there's, we're, we're there's not, a, there's not a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's really not. And you know, obviously, you know, there, there's teams who's like Kareem hunt, obviously, you know, is going to touch the rock a lot. And there's a lot of, you know, really, really intriguing pass catching options and, and secondary options in the NFL, but you know, you could do a lot worse than, than taking a flyer on a guy who's starting. Obviously the Jaguars are not a desirable team whatsoever. They're probably gonna be, you know, bottom bottom quarter and red zone rate, you know, and stats like that where it's not gonna be overly appealing from a floor standpoint with James Robinson. But, you know, he's a good he's a dart throw. You know, yeah. if he if he sees twelve plus touches a game, he, you know, he he might you could do worse as a a back end flex option. Um, Chenault, like I said, we don't really know the role, we just know he's going to have a role. Um, he performed really well in camp by all accounts. Um, Gruden's been really impressed with what he's done. And they've been adding more and more packages for him as a ball carrier. And that's the most intriguing part about him is, you know, getting Chenault is, is interesting because you're, you're potentially getting a guy with dual eligibility. I've talked about it before and that's, that's a, you know, that might be a goldmine towards the last quarter of the season. And having a guy like that where you can you know put it receiver, put it running back um, in your lineups is, is huge. And it's going to be a team that plays from behind a lot. So Gruden's going to want to see what he has in Chenault, what he does well, what he doesn't do so well, and how he kind of fits in that offense in 2021 and beyond um, as they kind of go into the offseason. So I think, he, I think Chenault is going, if he's healthy, he's going to get a lot of work a lot of different areas and it's going to be really interesting and intriguing to kind of see where that is and how he
0: grows. Yeah. And like you said, that, that dual designation, especially late in the season, uh, yeah. I think it was was it two years ago or was it last year with Jalen Samuels?
1: Um, yeah. yeah that it was a tight division. end.
0: Yeah. The tight end. Was, <laughs> Dude, was yeah. That year. was unreal. Man. Twitter lost its mind that week. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Against him, and they were slotting in a running back at tight end. Cause you could. So, you know, it, it could right. come in handy. So definitely, definitely be on the watch for for, for Lavisca and, um, you know, and James Robinson. You know, I think if even if you're in a, a deeper league, fourteen team, sixteen team league, um, you know, and and you, you picked him up, I, I feel like I know the answer to this. But uh, would you even, you know, try to start him this week going against that stellar Colts defense?
1: No, I wouldn't. I'm, i I'm, you know, I'm a big wait and see type guy. Like I'm, I'm not starting really any rookie, you know, not named you know, Joe Burrow. If you, you know, if if you have a, if you're playing a super flex or two quarterback league, you know, you yeah. might want to start Burrow. Um, but you know, Clyder was hilarious and that's where everybody else is kind of waiting to see, right? I mean, there's, there's no other, you know, significant day one contributors. I mean, if I, you can, um, uh, if I, you, if I, you can Rager weren't hurt. Um, those of you guys, I would be like, yeah, you might, you might want to start them with the injuries there. But, um, with Rager and Ayuk being injured, I mean, you're kind of going to want to wait and see with everybody. Um, I think the biggest, the one who makes the biggest splash, I think, might be CD Lamb. Um, I think in, he, he's going, he's going really late in, in redraft leagues because obviously Amari Cooper's there, Michael Gallup's there, who's, who's very underrated as well. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb, I think, in my opinion, was the most complete receiver in this class uh, and, and has a great, great, great multi-dimensional skill set. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys and what their roles really look like um, in the first quarter of this season. That's what we're really looking for right now, right, is right. is obviously we're not looking for Jonathan Taylor to have, you know, 150-yard performance week one, but we're looking at what... What role? I mean, it could happen, right? That'd be nice. Sixty but,
0: yards and a touchdown would be real nice.
1: <laughs> see, exactly. Like as that, that, that's way more realistic. But like, what, what are they, what are they doing? role wise, like, like where are they playing? And if you don't have NFL Game Pass, I mean, I'm not a spokesperson or anything, but like, you should probably get NFL Game Pass because after the game, you can go back and kind of see. Type in their name, you can yep. see what, like, like what downs they're playing. You know how the play looked, what they were doing, what their alignment was. That's a big key at this part of the year is kind of figuring out what their offensive coordinator's kind of vision for them is, um, and that can kind of help up clear, you know, help clear up what they might be doing towards the future um, and what it might point to, you know, because you know, like AJ Brown last year blew up. I think it was the last he didn't see a seventy percent snap percentage until like the last quarter of the season or so, right? So. Like things like that where like you can see like the talent in a player um and kind of see that role grow and grow and grow and then that light bulb flickers on and you know he you know, a player like brown is you know, the vocal point of a passing offense um that's huge right that's league winning right and that's the type of stuff where now you can kind of pick up kind of pick apart some breadcrumbs right and uh you can pick up on some of those things and, and some tendencies and um guys like JK dobbins who are you know obviously mark ingram's there and um you know i guess got there but you know it's you can kind of pick up on those things and justice hills nursing a hamstring injury too so you know we might see some earlier opportunity for some of these guys that we didn't think we might get it so um just kind of looking at their snaps what they look like where they're aligned what their role is on that play um that can pay dividends come the last
0: quarter of the season and like you're saying too if if, if they're even if they're not productive especially fantasy productive but but you're seeing that role you're watching how how they're being used i mean that that's smart you know that that's that's where the real analysis is coming in if you're watching those games you know getting for a sure game pass like you're saying nfl game pass 34.99 to you i'm just kidding i'm not sponsored by game pass but you know, <laughs> <you never know. laughs> but it's great you know great. <laughs> you make a great point um uh, is is you know is to see that um uh, see that usage see how how they're being used early on and and even if they are getting productive, um, you know, fancy production, but but not really used that great, you know, then it's a great time to sell too. At the same time, you know, so um, yeah, that that's great, Angelo. And so so let's go into to Thursday night football. You know, we're 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 getting this out before Thursday night football, so you can get those last minute tweaks in for for the game. And so yeah, we got the the reigning champs, the Che uh the Chiefs versus the Texans, and you know, so what's uh, you know, obviously awesome. everyone's looking at Mahomes and Watson and um, but, but who are you looking at for this game? What, what's your, uh, take on, on what, what you want to see out of this game?
1: I mean, the one, one thing I'm looking at in the Texans you know, Texans side is, you know, how are targets shaking out at receiver? Um, you know, they have fuller cooks and Cobb there. Um, I don't know if cooks is going to be full go or if right. he's, you know, if he's going to be on a snap count or, you know, if he's gonna even play, um, cause his quad injury, but the most intriguing player out of those three, obviously Fuller has you know such dynamic upside um, uh, when he's not injured. But I mean, is Randall Cobb like no one's really talking about Randall Cobb? But he might very quietly see like ninety plus like targets, right? And that's huge from where you're you know where you're getting him value wise, um, and in terms of being you know a safety blanket and red zone option in, in a veteran presence. Right. Uh, that's what he brings to the table, and I think. He's a really intriguing option if you're kind of looking at, you know, like a, a flex option week one because they're playing the Chiefs. They're going to be playing from behind, presumably. Um, and if Cooks is out, I mean, I'm firing up all the Randall Cobb I have because you know, who, who's <laughs> going to throw the ball to besides Fuller? So I, I think that's a really interesting one to look at. And, and in general, how those Texans receivers are, are shaken out target wise. Um, then the next thing I'm looking at on the Chiefs side of the ball is. You know, I'm a big Clyde edwards Solaire fan. How is he being deployed? You know, where is what situations is Andy Reid putting him? Putting him in? Is he being used in the slot? Um, what kind of routes is he running in the out of the backfield? I mean, he was so good at option routes um, at LSU with Joe Burrow. Um, that wasn't a a big part of what Andy Reid did last year, um, but I think it becomes a much bigger part of of their, you know, their intermediate, their short to intermediate passing game. And I'm interested to see how he's deployed, if he's deployed there early on this season um, and how he's deployed as a rusher. I think his rushing totals will increase as the season goes on, as he becomes more comfortable in that offense and as he becomes more comfortable protecting Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to think of too, is, you know, it's very rare. You're going to get a guy from day one who's going to you know be a 15 carry plus guy. I don't think we should expect that out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire week one. Um, but what I think we we should really look out for is how he's being deployed as a receiver, because if you're drafting him in the first round, some people are. Um, it you're it's the receiving upside of edwards Hiller that's truly going to um, help him reach his ceiling, and it's also going to help him maintain his floor. So for me, it's looking at what he's doing as a receiver um, and how that looks in terms of targets, because you know, but. The you know the the third of mine in mine and targets there is kind of up in the air, right? We have we have Tyree Kill, we have you know Travis Kelsey, and then we have who you know right. Watkins Hardman exactly. And you know obviously I'm a big I'm a semi Watkins fan. I'm not gonna lie, I always have been. <laughs> it's never really worked out for him, but you know guys like McCole Hardman's like you know is he gonna see targets pretty consistently? But with Edwards Hilaire, the writing's kind of on the tea leaf that you know. Andy Reid wants this guy to be a big part of their offense pretty soon. Yeah. Um, just how big, and that's what we're kind of waiting to see, and how he's deployed, and what that really looks like from week one on.
0: Well, like you said too, um, about protecting, uh, protecting Mahomes. You know, a a lot of a a big thing that gets overlooked for getting a running back onto the field is his pass blocking ability too. You know, and and if he's if he's dangerous back there, you know, yeah, we'll still see him being used, but we're not going to see him. Be on the field as much, and you know and that's going to take away from his opportunities. So if you can get that right. pass blocking down, then yeah, you know yeah. you could see him as a possible third down back. I mean, he has those, he has that skill set. We've definitely seen him catch, seen plenty of those. I'm I'm looking at your website right now, just watching GIFs of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, right. catching the ball a ton of times, and, you know, and and he has that put put uh, that potential. Um, but yeah, I'm also yeah. curious to see how how Hardman gets used too, because I'm I'm remembering back to. Tyreek Hill's first year, his rookie year, and he really wasn't used that much in the, in the game, in the in the passing game, uh, or just in the offense. And so I feel like that was a little bit of Nicole Hardman's year last year. And after a full offseason, you know, are they really going to plug him in a lot more, design some more plays for him? Because you know the game I was at last year against the Raiders, I mean the the best thing about Andy Reid and that offense is they, they really spread it around and they get their guys in space and they let speed. Bryant. You know, they let their speed and their talent. Just beat the other guys, you know, through mismatches or through scheme. And, and, you know, seeing CH, like you said, is he going to line up in the slot? Uh, is he going to, you know, get some swing routes and, and, and just use his speed to get on the outside? And, you know, that's what makes the Chiefs a really dangerous offense uh, to guard against because it's like speed all over the field.
1: Right. Exactly. Playmakers everywhere for
0: the you Reed, man. Playmakers everywhere. Yeah. And, and so, you know, so, one guy we didn't talk about that. That you know was very, very fantasy relevant uh, a couple of years ago, and and uh, you know is now on a new team is as, uh, as David uh, David Johnson going to the right. Texans. So, um, you know from from what you saw last year, from from a guy that looks at body mechanics and and how you know athletes move, um, you know there was times last year where David Johnson looked really sluggish, and and I want to say just looked fat because it wasn't really that he didn't just like blow up, um, sure. But, but you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the same guy, you know? And so right. one, what were you seeing last year? And, and do you think he's kind of gotten over that for this year?
1: I mean, the biggest thing is when you see such a steep decline and degradation of movement quality, you, you really point to the, the injuries, the first thing, right? Yeah. And you, you know, he was, he was oft injured last year. Um, I believe he dealt with like foot and ankle ailments um, among other things. And you could tell by the way he was moving. Um, David Johnson was never a really fluid, dynamic type mover; more of a strict mover. But he was—he was a really good one, though. I mean, like when he was at his, you know, when he was at his peak of David Johnson, he was pretty darn good, right? Yeah. And when you look at that from where he was to where he, you know, where he was last year. Um, a giant decline, degradation in, in his movement quality. And, you know, point, I, I point to injury for that. I don't think he just magically got old overnight. You know, he didn't go from, you know, near 30 to 50 years old, right? So it didn't happen. So there's something, you know, there's big cause and effect. Something had to happen, um, whether it's over time with his, you know, with his lower limb injuries. Or it was you know an acute, an acute injury. My, my guess is it was that did was over time. Um, but do I think he can become the old David Johnson? I don't know the answer to that. Time will time will tell. I mean, time will tell if his body can handle the workload that he he had early on in his career. And you know, injuries metastasize, man. I mean that's the biggest thing is you know people say, well, is someone injury prone? There's no such thing as proneness to injury. Can you be more susceptible to injury? The answer is yeah. But the you know the what we do to kind of look at what the susceptible look like it's it's prior injury, right? If you're susceptible to more injury, if you've had prior injury, and he's had prior injuries pretty consistently, and that's the thing is if he's a hundred percent healthy, we'll see pretty close to what we saw in in his earlier days in Arizona, but. I don't know how healthy David Johnson is, and that's the question that we're all kind of waiting to be answered. And after tomorrow we should have a little bit more clarity on what that looks like, but I hope he is because he's such a such a fun, fun player to watch. Um, but I don't know if he's gonna be a guy who's gonna last 16 games again. Um, that's a big question mark for me. But um will will we get prime David Johnson back? I hope so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because the, the offense and the opportunity is there. You know, Lamar Miller was able to be successful there at least, you know, put right. up like 1,000 yards or close to 1,000 yard seasons. Um, and, and, you know, it was nothing really special. So you have a guy that, you know, was arguably, you know, a, a top five uh, player in the NFL, you know, top five running back for a while and, and just kind of fell off. And, you know, right now at what, running back 18 kind of average in ADP? You know, he could potentially be a steal uh, if he right. can return to that top five, top ten, even you know, just running back one status. And you know, he's he's right now around guys like that are kind of in the same boat, like you know, James Connor and Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon. You know, can can these somewhat older guys? Because I say somewhat, because they're not really that old, but they've been in the league a little bit longer and have had some ups and downs, and they're trying to turn it back around. And I think this is kind of like the last hurrah for some of these guys, or at least you know, close to it where they got to prove something in the show that they still got it or, or they're done with, with all this talent that's coming in the league. Now it's, it's tough, but you know, with, with, with the opportunity that David Johnson has right now, I, I really hope, like you said, it, he's a fun player to watch. So I really hope that he's uh he can return to what he used to be. Right. hundred percent. So, you know, going to, you know, we're in week one, you know, uh, hopefully that, that Thursday night game uh, goes goes how a lot of people think, and it's fun, and it's not a boring Thursday night football game that we're getting some some high scoring with the Chiefs. But you know, moving for the rest of Week One, um, you know, is, is there any game that that's really caught your eye that you're really gonna be focusing on? I mean, you're you said you're a Bears fan, um, yeah. But but you know, who's who's your who's the matchup of the week for for you? Oh uh, man, you're gonna be watching more than just uh, you know whatever's on Red Zone.
1: I guess there's two of them. Um, I'm lucky to have NFL Sunday ticket, so oh, nice uh, I'll be I'll be I'll be tuning into four at once for sure. But I guess the the, the two that I'm probably the most interested in is the, the Saints in the Bucks. That's gonna be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean Brady Brady versus Breeze. I mean you, you got Kamara Thomas, you know Godwin Gronk Evans. I mean Fournette now. Like holy cow, right? right. Um, that's gonna be a fun one to watch. But the one I'm, I think I'm the most interested in. Is the Cowboys and Rams more so because of the Cowboys? Because uh-huh. I really want to see what this offense looks like. Um, because I'm a you know a big I big 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 CD Lamb fan, but I want to I want to see what Jerry <laughs> Jerry Jones is presumably built right. Yeah. I mean this is this offense on paper looks looks unbelievable right i mean this this could very well be a you know a top three scoring offense in the nfl um and i'm just yeah right yeah they were i mean now you have lamb you have presumably a healthy cooper a healthy Gallup, um and you add lamb to the fold i mean you know and blake jarwin's their featured tight end you know yeah i mean he he, and the thing is like they're gonna put up points um and it's it's gonna be a fun one to watch. Um, and especially too, because I mean, if if you are, you know, if, if you know, if you play fantasy, I mean, you probably have a couple of shares of my guy Bobby Woods, right? My guy Bobby Trees. Um, he, he's he's I'm a big fan of him. I think he's a big bargain this year too. But just watching that offense op, operate too with, with Cam Akers. I mean, you you have a you have a big time, um, rookie role kind of you know, transitioning in here where obviously they they have, you know, Henderson, they have Brown, but they drafted acres for a reason, right? I mean, for me, they want acres to be that three down back. I know McVeigh is like, well, we want a committee, 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 but they were most successful when they had Todd Gurley on the field for, for three downs, right? I'm not saying acres is Todd Gurley or anything close. However, I think McVay wants Acres to be that guy yeah. sooner rather than later.
0: They want that one guy,
1: right? They do. Yeah. And I I I think it starts with the committee. I think it starts with Henderson if he's healthy. But I think week 1 we're going to see a lot of Acres and we're going to really be able to see what Acres does against some pretty good linebacker play. Um, you know, with um with the Cowboys and I think that's the that's a big, big thing here is what can he do against, you know, fan direct and company. Um, but we'll see, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah. And then, and the reports came out, I believe it was today, this morning that, you know, camp makers is officially listed as the running back three on the depth chart. And, and what do you think? Do you think it's just, you know, not necessarily coach speak, but, you know, just kind of throwing something out there to maybe, you know, uh, pull one over the eyes of uh, the Cowboys, you know, are we really gonna not see that much of Cam Akers because of where he's listed on the depth chart?
1: You know, it's, it's always interesting on because right now it's, we didn't get preseason games, right? So we don't know if this coach speak is valid or not. So it's, we didn't get preseason games. We, these guys barely got any, any live time. I mean like full live tackling, a lot of thud drills for your first, you know, for your first teamers, Trying to keep them fresh and off the ground. But you know, it's we don't know. We just have no idea. But I mean, a lot of times with with, with these rookies, they're going to be worked into a larger snap share, yeah. um, especially at the running back position, where obviously protecting the passer is you know that is that's the most important thing. That's your priority. Um, but they haven't really had any live reps against other NFL talent other than their other than their teammates. Yeah. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what. Some of these guys' snap shares look like I would not panic about any of them in the first quarter of the season, no matter what happens. I mean, crying out loud, if JK Dobbins sees like two snaps week one, like it'll be okay, like it'll be fine. I doubt that happens, but it'll be okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we see Akers starting sooner rather than later just because McVeigh wants to win, and I think Akers gives him the best chance at doing so, yeah. Um, but I don't, you know, with depth chart stuff, I don't, I don't really worry. I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, unless it's the g- giant, giant, giant surprise, like at the top of the depth chart. I'm like, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. It's pretty relevant. Like, like Marlon Mack starting week one. Okay, we we knew that. Like that was, you know, like that that was a known fact. Like, okay, Ken Akers is not starting week one. Okay, we knew that too. That's fine, known fact. We like, we know that. Um, but it's just kind of looking at, like I said before, um, like what their roles look like early on in the season and how they can, how they can mature in their role and and, and grow as the season kind of progresses.
0: So, so are you saying to not freak out after week one? Is that what you're saying? Oh
1: God! Please, for please, <laughs> please, if you're listening, please do not, or just capitalize on you know your league mates that are. I mean, because yeah.
0: there's gonna be guys that do it. To, to, to me, that sounds like a free free. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Yep. it's going to happen. It, they, it happens every year. People always freak out on week one. And I think with, like you said, with no preseason, it's going to take a little bit more time. I think they're going to have more of a rotation too to keep these guys fresh because nobody is in game shape, no matter how much they've worked out, no matter how much they're Aaron Donald, who's super cut and working out and running. And all this stuff that you're they're doing in the off season, nothing compares to the game, and oh you're right yeah and, and and so it's gonna be hilarious to see how these guys are huffing and puffing, you know those early downs, especially with all the the emotion uh your heart rates up, you know you're excited, these guys are gonna get gassed, especially pretty early, so you know it usually would take i would say like at least two to three games for everyone to really kind of get into game speed for 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 not just uh their, their conditioning, but just what the coaches are doing, what, how they're game planning, um, how they're calling plays. And so you know I think we might see a little bit more of a delay in that just for like getting these guys up to speed.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, getting these guys into like game like situations is, is, has been difficult. I mean, we've seen clips like, you know, they're doing, you know, stadium scrimmages, things like that more often, which is great, but it's different when, the guys lighting up right next to you want to you know to knock your head off, right? I mean, right. It, it gets a little more real, and that's the thing that's going to be interesting to see is what rotations look like. We're, we're going to see a ton of them, I think. Best, especially on the defensive line, I think that's going to be huge early on in the season. Yeah. um, is a lot of defensive line we're going to have to come out. Um, you know, there's a lot of sub packages, um, receivers as well too. I think that's a big one. Um. You know, these guys aren't used to running full speed, um, you know, for, you know, for three downs, you know, for, for four quarters, you know, that's not, you know, that that's, that's a big ask for any athlete. You know, these guys just can't, their nervous systems can't just turn that on. Like that's that's not how it works here. We're not not robots. I mean, that's not how this works as a human being. So it's going to be interesting, man. I mean, I think we're going to be we're going to kind of be like what the heck just happened after week 1 because it's going to be really different and unique. Yeah. Uh, I think your studs like your, you know, your superstar, your Julio Jones of the world, your Christian McCaffreys, yeah, those guys are going to get their work, but those guys are the 1% of the 1% of, of yeah. football players in the planet earth. So they're going to be, you know, they are going to be okay. But your rookies, yeah. I am not expecting anything crazy in terms of high-touch totals from any rookie this week.
0: The uh, the undrafted rookie that made the team but is playing on every single special teams is going to be dragging ass that game.
1: Oh, man. That, that man's going to be drenched after the first quarter. He's That's going to be tough.
0: And then, you know, except for D-line, you're gonna, you know, if you've ever played the game, you're going to see a lot of the, the hand tapping the top of the helmet, you know, like, oh, sub me out. Get someone in here because I am gassed.
1: Right. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's gonna be it, a hey man. It, this is gonna be the probably the most unique first quarter of the season that we've ever seen. We're just gonna, you know, it's gonna be off the handle. I think for the first few weeks, yeah. And to be, be be prepared for it. I mean, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be unorthodox. But these guys are just trying to get back, back into football, and that that's hard to do without live games. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, these guys are these guys are professionals. They're ready. They're prepared. Um but I know their coaches want to keep them healthy and that's gonna be priority one for especially teams like the Chiefs, you know, like the Chiefs who want to make a playoff obviously I mean Super Bowl push. I mean that's huge for them, right? So we're gonna see that across the league. Um but just prepare for it to be unorthodox.
0: And so, you know, for the the you know, first week's gonna be really interesting, right? Like you said. Um, or is there any guy that you're really trying to avoid in this first week? You know, oh, and it, and it maybe because of what we were just talking about, right? Like there's just some of those rookies that are just not really up to speed yet, or just right. someone that coming in, into the season, you're, you're definitely just not high on right away.
1: I mean, I don't know if I'm going to truly avoid anyone. Cause it's so hard to know what any of these guys look like. like we've had such limited, I guess, camera time with any of them. So far, I mean, we've seen some snippets from from beat writers of training camp, but even they've had limited access. So it's hard to see. I mean, I think the biggest, the glaring ones are the guys who have sustained an injury and it's kind of lingering for, for like two plus weeks. Miles Sanders comes to mind, um, you know, with his hamstring injury coming off of it. I think he'll be limited week one. In ter- I think he plays, but I think he'll be limited in terms of his snap share because he hasn't really had... Um, anything live for a couple weeks now so I think he's a that's one you know since he was labeled week to week a couple weeks ago that's when I think I'm I'm definitely monitoring am I taking miles Sanders out of my lineup I don't know but if I have a if I have a better option like if I let's say if I have James white let's say yeah I would probably more confidently start James white with the situation going on in New England than miles Sanders and we don't really know how his hamstrings doing he Presumably hasn't sprinted any if a ton yet, but I think he's going to be eased into, into game work. Um, but I think it's more so guys that have had injuries recently. And then have kind of lingered and they're kind of labeled week to week, kind of like Sanders. Yeah. Um, we're kind of more mindful of um, early on in the season. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm personally not starting any of the rookie running backs, not named Clyde Edwards alert. Um, it. There's just so much variation in terms of where, where they could land, right? I mean, oh, Jonathan Taylor can finish with 60 rushing yards and two touchdowns, or it can finish with 20 rushing yards and like no receptions. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's Yeah, it's just so hard to tell. As much as I like Jonathan Taylor, as much as I like J.K. Dobbins, you know, as much as I think Antonio Gibson has a huge opportunity in front of him. I, we don't really know what those opportunities look like yet. And I'm a big, you know, let's err on the side of caution here instead of go for the week one home run. Um, but, you know, it's 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 tough to say because we haven't seen anybody. Um, but I'm just kind of avoiding the rookie running backs. Receivers are a little bit easier to avoid so deep this year. But, you know, if you invested in a rookie running back, um, you know, pretty early on in your draft, it's more of a wait and see mode for me than let's plug and play.
0: Yeah. And And it's funny, too, because, Every year you hear all these complaints about the preseason, you know, from fans, from right. and you even got talked about in the league, right? Like they're already we're gonna limit, uh, you know, possibly take away a pre, you know a couple of preseason games, extend the season. But this is exactly why we have the preseason. This is why 100%. it's important. This is why it does matter because we're able to go into the season with a little bit better understanding of where the rookies are, where the teams are, how the usage is gonna be. Uh, get some glimpse of what the offenses are doing and and even how how, how the team's just kind of shaking out you know and I, uh, gosh I mean every year there's someone in that uh, in a good way breaks out in the preseason and is phenomenal and then breaks out and the does nothing but at least you get a glimpse of what they're doing and at least you kind of understand so it's almost like these first couple of games I mean not they definitely count so they're not preseason games but as as film analysis as, as player evaluators, you're almost looking at it almost like a preseason game because it's the first time you're seeing them on tape, like you said.
1: Right, e- exactly. I and mean, it's kind of our first crack at evaluating the rookies as NFL players, right? So I, that that's a really interesting part of what this year is going to bring. Is we're, we get our first, you know, chance that I guess as analyst, um, to look at what these guys are doing and where they're lining up. Like I said, and and and, you know, how they're playing, you know, how they, how they look, right? That, that that type of stuff matters a lot, but this is the first time we're truly getting a crack at it. So, I mean, our expectations shouldn't be super high week one, but I think the one thing that we're going to look at, I think, and be like, oh, okay, wow, this is interesting, is some of the guys that we haven't expected to have a significant role to potentially have one that's, that's kind of going to shine in the near future. Um, guys like the Visca Chenault I said earlier, I think, he might have a pretty big role in this offense. It seems like he's going to be their starting slot receiver. That's something to look out for when they play the Colts. Um, you know, CD Lamb. I mean, obviously they have Cooper and Cooper and Gallup there, but it's you know, CD Lamb might catch two touchdowns this weekend. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's just like that. That's in the range of outcomes. Um, Jerry Judy as well. I mean, that's definitely possible. Um, I'm looking out for Jerry Judy, seeing what he's doing, but just to kind of look at what these guys look. Like what they, what they look like, you know, what their snap shares is like, um, you know, and just biggest thing, like I said, if you have game pass, like look at what these guys are now more than ever, like look at what these guys are doing when they're on the field and you can see it. It's important to kind of see, you know, their positional alignment, how they're being utilized. Um, Cause you know, in the near future, that might be, you know, you might have an AJ Brown type ascension with one of these guys where it's last quarter of the season he's seen a 70% snap share and winning you leagues so that's something to definitely look out for
0: and that's NFL game pass recommended by film analysts everywhere if you want to grind the tape you need NFL game pass get it today That one was good i like that one better <laughs> <laughs> need to be a spokesperson for game pass 100% man we need we need sponsorships wherever we can get them you know and something like NFL game pass that that just that sounds good with you know with the podcast i don't know about you
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> hey, it's just hey, NFL Game Pass is, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely a big key. Um, you know, for for any anybody who's interested in in famous football in general, I mean, huge key for me. Especially if like I'm like I'm traveling and I can't watch some yep. of the games, I'll just watch them games. in thirty five minutes. So, but yeah, yeah
0: we're spokespeople
1: right. now uh, for Game Pass. though. So.
0: they they'll just play uh, just uh, snap to snap, right? Oh so, yeah,
1: you can. Um. Yeah, you can play them snap to snap, no commercials. Uh, yeah.
0: See That's how you get your football in. Exactly. Yes, it is. It's huge. Huge key. So you know, besides just hoping that everything goes off without a hitch for this 2020 NFL season, um, what what are some of your other expectations or or hopes for the season? Um, you know, that could be just for the Bears or your favorite players. Um, you know, how are you hoping the season? goes? <laughs>
1: Oh man, I guess my expectations are that the season finishes. Like my hope and my expectation that season finishes, right? Um, That's first and foremost. Um, I guess since I'm a Bears fan, it's just you know, A, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky being competent Um, and them kind of tailing their offense. To kind of help their defense, I think that's the biggest thing the Bears need to do this year. Um, Matt Nagy's not listening to this, but <laughs> I, I know, mean the biggest might, thing might <laughs> he, he he might hey we're talking about Game Pass, so he might you know he might want to take a look. But you know, for me, man, it's you know being a Bears fan my whole life. It's just you, you have to have to establish an identity on offense, and that's what the Bears have to do this year. Whatever that is, um, they have to establish it pretty quickly. Because I think they have a, they have a Super Bowl-caliber defense, mm-hmm. and that's a big deal, right? I mean, the NFC is up for grabs, I think. I mean, you know, we have the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Eagles are pretty dang good. Um, but you know, I think the Bears have, the, have a Super Bowl-caliber defense, but their offense just has to be middle of the road for them to have a chance. So I'm interested to see if that offense goes from bottom tier to middle of the road. If it does... I'm a very happy camper. If it doesn't, well, I'll see you in 2021. So
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see yeah. about that. So, so they've officially named, uh, Mitch Trubisky the starter. Um, but, but what do you think is the better path for them? Do you think, uh, Mitch has what it's take, what it takes? And, you know, with the target on his back, is he going to perform or, or do you think it's a uh, big, dick, big dick Nick time?
1: Oh, man. I mean, he, it's, it's really tough because I've been kind of the Nick Foles advocate. Because I think Nick Foles is your bridge quarterback, right? Yeah. I, I think next year they, you know, they invest in a quarterback, whether it's Trey Lance in the draft or what have you, via free agency or whatever that looks like. Because um, I don't think Mitch is the answer long term. So I think you know giving him the helm again for another year is it's okay, but what's going to happen is this. Pace doesn't want to be wrong about Mitch. That's kind of his baby, right? He wants to keep Mitch as long as he can, yeah. and just ride it out. And I think what's going to happen is that window's going to close for that defense. That they have about a two-year window, two-three yeah. years. That's going to close is that pretty quick.
0: The, uh, Khalil Max uh, contracts up.
1: I just think I, don't even, I gotta it's look. Just... I gotta look at his contract. Um, see when see when they have an outer, but. You know, for me, it's you know guys like Akeem Hicks, Fuller, Jackson. How long you guys? How long are you gonna be able to keep those guys together? And that's gonna be tough, right? And then, and also, we're talking about them kind of dropping out of the prime of their careers. But you know, for me, it's looking at man, like you don't have much time. I mean, does Mitch give you a higher ceiling? Yes, but he also gives you a much much lower floor, and. You know, with Foles, you know what you're going to get. I mean, the Bears going to be probably a middle of the road offense, maybe a little bit worse. But last year, they were bottom three. Like, they're bottom three offense in the NFL. It's pretty bad. Like, you, you, can't win the, you, you can't win a playoff game with a bottom three offense. Like, it's not happening. Or if that's in your range of outcomes. And that's what right. with, with Mitch Trubisky, them being a bottom three offense is in the range of outcomes. With Nick Foles, I don't see it as that. And that's the tough thing, is a that's the problems of being a Bears fan. Yep.
0: <laughs> well, at least you got Allen Robinson, you know, he still manages to be fantasy relevant. And, no, he's uh, fantastic. Yeah, and still be a good uh good receiver. So, I think no matter who's throwing him the ball, he's still going to get his.
1: I, I I think so. Just give him the extension, please. Yeah, okay. Please give him the extension.
0: Man, that guy turned into such a good uh good signing by them. I know, right? I mean, he's he's he, he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's so underrated. So you've mentioned a couple of, uh, of you know, like your guys um, for this year, guys that you've had your eye on uh, for some time, especially doing uh, the Debbie, the Debbie dives that you do, you know, LaViscus and all stuff like that. But, you know, is there anyone else that, that you haven't named that that are, you know, you would call your guys um, guys that you really have your eyes on your, your favorite players in the league?
1: Oh man. I think in terms of like, 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 like a whole NFL, not like counting rookies as well. I think the some of the guys that I'm most intrigued to see this year is Joe Mixon. Um, I'm I'm a big Joe Mixon fan. Uh, I think he's, you know, he he can get into that, um, you know, that second tier of running backs in the NFL, right? And I think that's a big deal in terms of his like he got a new contract, um, new look, you know, new look offense with Burrow at the helm, Jonah Williams coming back. Uh, That's a big deal. But I think one of the most interesting ones this year in terms of production. Might be James White. I think yeah. he's going to be one that's going to surprise some people, especially where his ADP is kind of sitting at right now. Obviously, there's a day until football starts, but I mean, if you have James White in your roster, I mean, got to fire him up. You got to fire him up, right? I mean, it's he, there's no one there in that backfield right now. Sony Michelle is battling injury. You know, Damien Harris is on IR. It it might be James White and Rex Burkhead for Week One. I mean that's really what we're looking at here, and um, like Cam's going to need a safety valve, especially coming back into um, back into, I guess, game shape, if you want to call it that, or getting a game like look. I mean, because you know he didn't play last right. year, right? So it's you know it's it's one of those where it's you know kind of be easing him along into into looking things, you know, like looking downfield and. Going through his progressions, and I think he James White's going to be a yeah, yeah big big beneficiary of that's going to be James White, um at receiver. And White's go ahead. CMC,
0: but but similar, you know, pass catching skill set there.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I I, th- I think I think Cam looked to CMC a lot because he, he was so good underneath. I mean he, I mean CMC's one of the best route running backs, route running running backs of all time. Him and Alvin Kamara, two of the best to ever do in the in the NFL at the running back position um but besides the running backs a couple other guys i'm looking forward to seeing plays robert woods i've been a big robert woods fan forever ever since his usc days um i think he has a big big season this year and a big role and one i guess my kind of my james white type under the radar almost guys is jameson crowder i mean the the jets presumably will be playing from behind a lot Mm -hmm. um jameson crowder might be the sneakiest 130 plus target upside guy in the league
0: that pace he was on last year, it, those first couple of weeks with uh, – Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. And it, it's crazy because no one's – no one's no there. One's Pearman's out. injured. Yeah, no one's talking about him. Pearman's injured. Mims is nursing a hamstring injury. It's literally Jameson Crowder and Chris Herndon. Yeah. And that that's really it right now. Um, And then obviously Le'Veon Bell. But, you know, I mean, I, I think <laughs> – I think, you know, he has a chance to yeah, – any receiver that gets 100 – has a chance to get 130-plus targets is – you know, that's someone you should definitely roster. Right. Um, but then besides him, it's you, know, the rookies, you know, Edwards, Hilaire, Lamb and Chenault are the ones I'm really looking forward to seeing week one and Gibson as well. Um, just more so seeing what their roles within their respective offenses and, and um, what we can expect from them um, kind of moving on in the season and, and what their roles might look like going into 2021. Um, you know, if, if there's going to be, you know, guys like Chenault, I mean, he could be the, the focal point of that offense, him and Chark. So, um, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, Gibson's interesting, obviously, because, you know, we don't know what that backfield looks like, you know, with no Darius guys, Um, we don't know who's going to be touching the ball, where. Obviously we have, you know, we have Barbara McKissick and Bryce Love, right? So it's, you know, it's, it's not the strongest class of back to supplant. Um, and I don't know if, if he does it or when he does it, but I'm interested to see what he looks like as a full-time running back. Because um, in college, obviously, he yeah, had under forty carries, so it's like he has the talent to do it, but will he do it and when he do it is the, is the biggest
0: questions. It's insane how how many players are like that. There's players like this with that opportunity that's coming on super late, like right before the season, and they're just getting that opportunity to take the ball and run with it, literally and figuratively. um Yeah, I, I'm curious how it's going to work out, you know and and also that, that was a big Darius guys fan rest in peace to all my shares of the guys. Right. Um, and even Adrian Pearson too, but to hear AP talk about, um, how, how Gibson like really stepped up and, and, and is impressing him, you know, someone that's impressing Antonio <laughs> Pearson. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal praise to get from a guy like that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, Adrian Peterson is one of the best to ever do it. And, uh, I think that, 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 that speaks to kind of what Robert was saying too of, you know, like, this is a guy that we think, you know, could be the, the answer for, uh, you know, at the right-back position, um, you know, for a football team. So, I, I I I don't know when that happens, but I'm really intrigued to find out what role he's playing early on in season and how that can
0: grow. So, is there anyone on the flip side of this, anyone that you're willing to hang your hat on that's going to be a bust for 2020? <laughs> especially uh, hyped up on twitter uh the networks you know any anyone like that
1: man i don't think uh, bust is hard um because bust could mean so many different things in terms of range of outcomes but i think we talked about him a little bit earlier and i think the one guy i don't think reaches i guess the pinnacle of what people are kind of thinking is is miles sanders i think it's been a tough start, not even talking about Miles Sanders, but for their offensive line. And that's, that's something that's going to be, you know, the Eagles have been widely regarded as having one of the best offensive lines in the NFL for the past five years. Mm-hmm. If that's gone and Miles Sanders is already battling an injury, what are we going to get right. in terms of, an like, I'm not even talking about Miles Sanders, an offensive product in Philadelphia? Like, what are we going to get? Um, The range of outcomes are much, much more vast than they were, um, you know, last year. I mean, they were top five unit in terms of their offensive line, but you know, now they're kind of reshuffling everything due to injury. Um, So it's it's going to be really interesting to see what Miles Sanders looks like early on in the season, coming off that hamstring, and how he can kind of deal with having to create more on his own. And that was the only true knock that I had on Sanders as a, as a player and a prospect, was he always kind of struggled to create in his own. Uh, he didn't anticipate things well, struggled with that a little bit during, as, as a rookie. But as the season went on, Deuce Staley does a great job with running backs. I mean, Being one, like, being one in Philadelphia himself, um, I think Peterson does a really good job as a coach in general and kind of working, working with players and more the nuance of the game and how to feel different things. Um, but I, you know, he's Sanders is working on that, but I don't think he's there yet. But having the offensive line in place helps a running back so much see things like see lanes open up, anticipate, um, you know, have, you know, clear, you know, clear sight lines at the second level, things like that. But without having that offensive, you know, cohesion that he had and that Carson Wentz had last year. What is that gonna look like? I think we have a lot more question marks now than we would have had you know four or five months ago um but that's it's more of a i'm i'm no 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 means calling miles Sanders a bus. I think he can you know he can be a top fancy ass at the end of this year, but it's more so you know it's it's the caution flag here yeah because more so because of just the degradation in the ecosystem is just. You know, the offensive line is, you know, not not what it used to be due to injury. Um, it, it just in they, they have more weapons now to throw the ball to. It's it's just it's going to be interesting to see what his role is and if he can become a creator sure. instead of someone who relied more so on the scheme yeah. to help him have significant success. I think he can do that. The question is can he do that behind this offensive line? If right. Miles Sanders can do that, he is a, he's gonna be a superstar in this league. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. But and, it's if he can, and that's what I'm looking at.
0: And and if the wide receiver group continues to struggle because of injuries, you know, just not being available, right. you know, that that gives opposing defenses more opportunities to key in on Miles Sanders too and, and make it a little bit that much tougher, you know, for him to get those yards and, and be successful and Man, Angela, you're, you're going to have a lot of people, uh, upset and sad if, uh, if, uh, if that comes true and, and, you know, he's, he's the guy that's going to, that's going to bust this year. Just, I, I hope not. I hope I'm high, wrong. How high, uh, was being ranked and drafted and the hype, you know, especially before the injury. Um, you know, I'll see him, I'll see him go super early, uh, in drafts and, you know, the, the 106, 107, 108 spots and, and people being super high on Miles Sanders and, you know, the injury kind of, pulled it off a little bit, um, but but yeah, I, I know some some big time truthers on, especially just on my own, the undropables team that that love Miles Sanders and gonna be pretty pretty upset this year <laughs> if that happens.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, oh man. I mean, it it's just it's a tough situation. I mean, it's a tough situation to be in for any back, um, especially a second year player where it's you know you have this ecosystem in place where it's you know it, it's pretty comfortable being a running back in Philadelphia. I mean, yeah. Boston Scott had a ton of success too. Um, and Miles Sanders is supremely talented, but this, we thought the stars were going to align, right? But now it's like, oh, like yeah. the offensive line doesn't look great. You know, Miles Sanders is banged up himself. So it's like, you know, when are the stars going to align? For me, that's more of the question. Um, I hope they do soon. Cause then I, I, I know Doug Peterson needs Miles Sanders to, to ha like to to have the ceiling of the offense um, be what it can be, but it's just the question you know like like, like when is this going to happen yeah um because everything's kind of new with the offensive line reshuffling, like I said, but you know if, if Miles Sanders can become the creator um and have that skill set, I think he you know sky's the limit, but it's it's the, the expectations to be kind of pumped a little bit. The breaks need to be pumped a little bit because it's it's going to be it might be a tough first quarter of the season for him. I mean, once they start figuring things out on offense, I think once they start clicking, I think then we can kind of see him take off.
0: Well, let's see uh, let's see how the season goes. If he's back to the full full health, you know, we had a lot of uh, good rookie running backs last year too, and so you know they're also going up against just the normal sophomore slump uh, that that hits some players going into their second season. So you know, him, Montgomery, Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, real curious to see how, how to end up this year, but definitely, you know, the hype it, it has been real this off season and a lot of guys are loving those players. So yeah, it's, it's, man, I I just can't believe we're, you know, we're here. We're right right at the cusp of the season and, and it's all about to happen and, you know, we'll at least get week one. So I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, you know, Angela, before, uh, before I let you go, um, and, and this has been a great pod, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you uh, on this show.
1: Um, but Likewise. before you
0: go, can you, uh, leave our listeners with, uh, one last free nugget of, of information, uh, of advice that you would give them, you know, just for, uh, for fancy advice in general for, for the season or we going into week one.
1: Oh man. Um, besides the get game pass and, and, and watch every play if you can, uh, my biggest advice is, is just be really active in the trade market for rookies, especially this year. Um, and that's obviously something that's kind of been you know probably you know beat over the head, but you we want to be able to acquire some guys that are going to break out, and especially some of the guys who are injured, like Brandon Ayuk. I mean, they really like him. Like they really like him in San Francisco. Um, Jalen Rager. I mean, if he doesn't play the first couple of weeks, if that's what that may be, I mean, he's gonna. This might be the lowest price point you get for Jalen Rager, right? Um, and even some of those other guys who. We don't know that much about, but we know their role might be, you know, pretty prevalent pretty soon, like Chenault or guys who are who are injured right now, like Denzel Mims. These are guys that could end up being um, much more expensive assets than they are currently. And I think that's what you're really looking for um, on your roster is getting guys who you can either a keep on your roster and you know help you know, have them help you win a championship down the line or soon. Or, you know, you have a really good tradable asset. And I think that's what we're really looking for now is just being active. If any advice, is just be active with the rookies. Because some people might sour quicker than others, you know, especially with the rookie running backs. It's, it's going to be like DeAndre Swift might not get meaningful touches until week six. I mean, he's already, he's he has a hip flexor injury apparently. Um, those don't heal quick. They signed Adrian Peterson. It's probably going to be a three-way time share to start the year. But just like we kind of saw, what was it, like 4 years ago with Alvin Kamara, that might be the type of ascension we see from DeAndre Swift. If that's the case, I'm not saying it is but if that's the case, you're gonna be like, I wish I would have bought DeAndre Swift. Yep. Um. But that's what, you know, If like wishing you would have bought DeAndre Swift stock is, you, you want to be on the other side of that. so. Um, that's my, I guess, my my little nugget of advice for
0: uh, for the early on this season. Nice. That's an excellent...
1: Three nuggets, nuggets.
0: Hell yeah, Angelo. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for talking with me today. We mentioned all of your, your information earlier, where we can find your work, but why don't you just remind the listeners uh, where they can find your work online?
1: Oh, yeah. First of all, th- thank you so much for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Uh, like you and everybody else listening, I'm super, super excited for tomorrow or for listeners probably today. Um, but you can find me at, at Angelo, Angelo underscore fantasy on Twitter. Um, and then um, I have my website up, um, it's AngeloAnalysis.com. You can find a lot of my work on there. Um, my two free snippets on two free profiles up there is Clyde Edwards Hilaire and then LaVisca Chenal Jr. Um, but yeah, Hey, thank you again for having me on and you know, it's football Eve. So I'm getting pretty excited. I'm, it's like 10 51 here in Chicago. So I'm, it's like, I'm eight years old and Santa's coming tomorrow. So we're, we're getting excited.
0: Staying up too late. Can't go to sleep. Just wait for it to happen. Zero sleeps happening. Zero sleep. Team no sleep. That's what it's about anyway. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Angelo, like he said, go out. And become a member of his website, angelanalysis.com. You will not be disappointed. The breakdowns are amazing. And if you're, especially if you're playing in Devy Leagues or Dynasty Leagues and you want to get that edge on those prospects, those rookie players, check out his work. And even just on Twitter, the stuff that he is dropping on Twitter is phenomenal. Uh, go follow him right now. Stop listening to this podcast and go follow him. And while you're at it, go and rate and review the podcast, Two On One Fantasy Sports, now under the undroppables family of podcasts and also rate and review unscripted and undrafted and go follow all of those websites podcasts on twitter and hey we're here it's football time thanks for stopping by and we'll catch you on the next one
1: bad boy good That boy good, boy, good. Uh-huh. That boy good, boy, good.